welcome to episode 12, season 2 of the Young Hearts Run 3 podcast. We've another brilliant episode for you. Thanks for joining myself and my co-host John once again. How are you today, John? I'm doing very well today. Glad that all that snow's away. And I'm looking forward to our guest tonight. Oh, you'll be running again then, now the snow's away. <laughs> Got the shoes back out, aye. <laughs> and on to that guest. Our guest is a guy who both John and I have met over the years doing running events, ultras in particular, in Scotland. And he's a familiar name on literally hundreds of event finishers lists. He's an absolute gent along with it. He's done some wacky extreme events and we're going to spend the next hour or so talking to Alan Cormack about them. So for the next hour-ish, enjoy Alan's chat. Welcome to the Young Hearts Run 3 podcast, Alan. Hiya, well, thank you for inviting me on. No, thank you for um, accepting our invite. We have been looking forward to catching up with you for some time and can't wait to hear all about what you've got to say and your story and stuff. It's it's going to be enlightening. Um, I said in the brief introduction that we've done, Alan, that John and I have both met you, do you know, in the circuit, so to speak, the Scottish running circuit, especially at ultramarathons and stuff like that. And we've had a chance to talk before, do you know, a, a few times. Um, but it'll be good to kind of dig a wee bit further into the the mind of some of the stuff that we'll do, um, that you do, um, which we'll, we'll touch on and get to, because it's somewhat immense, shall we say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's all, I think as well, I just thought about this. Um, it's maybe worth we can touch on as we go through this as well, the actual volunteering side of this as well. I know it's something that Steve and I have both done, but I've certainly been at races as well, Alan. You've been on the other side. You're not wearing a race bib. You're actually there yeah. and you're volunteering and helping people too. It's it's an important part of the running community and hopefully we'll be back to that soon. So maybe we can touch on that a wee bit yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, please do. That's an important part of the running scene. So I'll just kick us off just to get us going. Um, Alan, could you tell us about what, what brought you into the world of running? How, how did you get to where you are now? Um, I was Through work, I was volunteered to do the Baker Hughes 10K and I hadn't ran since school. And it was like, you're going to be running the Baker Hughes. Literally within a week. So I literally went out and did the Baker Hughes. And I was dying. Finished it. But, and I couldn't walk. And I had to immediately... I was working in a car showroom, actually. So immediately after the race, it was a Sunday, we had to go back to work to the showroom. And I could literally could not walk. <laughs> I, was like, I literally was like John Wayne. And that was, that was like that was my first race, and that was my first run. And I was like, okay. When Sorry. was that? Must be about fifteen years ago or so. Okay, so Is fifteen that? years ago. So, yeah. if you don't mind us asking, and if you're okay to divulge, what what age are you now? Fifty-four. So, so around about the forty mark that you started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, would it be maybe thirty-nine, maybe just a link. Okay. That was that's, first. That's and, what I wanted and, to get. At. Okay. Yeah, and can I just say we were about two and a half, three minutes in, and Alan's talking about walking like John Wayne, and I'm loving this already. <laughs> so many people will relate to that. So yeah. you said, I think maybe this is where you were going to go, Stephen. The gap from school to being 39 years old. What happened in that period of time, in regards to fitness? Nothing. I used occasionally. Well, because I was in the motor trade for so long, I was in the motor trade since since I was 20, and you don't get much time off. 
at all. You get one weekend off a month, so and a day off during the week. So occasionally, maybe a bit hill walking, maybe once or twice a year, and that was it. Nothing else. Okay, so, ten, so that's pretty much a 10k from a standing start then? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So went straight into it. Nothing before that at all. And, did, you even, did you even have any kit to do the 10k? I yeah, I had shorts. <laughs> God knows where I had them, got them from. But uh, I, same with the trainers. I had no idea how I got them, but I had a pair of trainers and a pair of shorts, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and the Baker Hughes 10k, that's quite a famous run up Aberdeen way. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a big big charity. Yeah, it's a big three well, must be a couple of thousand runners or so. Right. Big, okay. Goes in the goes on the beach and stuff. So it's, you know it's a big event in Aberdeen. So you were cajoled into doing that? I was forced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't like any you know, it was like you're going to be running this race. Because the company, the work was sponsoring it and had free event entries and stuff. So right. So, so you you do that and you feel the after effects. Yeah. But then something must have clicked or. Yeah, uh, I realised I needed to get fit because I used to do a lot of socialising through work, a lot, and <laughs> a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, and I was putting on weight. And I saw a picture of myself holding my nephew, and I thought, oh, I need to do something. Um, and something clicked. Something. I thought about joining a club. Because I didn't think about, I didn't go running. I thought about joining the club, so I, I joined the Hash House Harriers, which is you probably know the the drinking club with a running problem type thing. It's like orienteering for stupid people. Yeah. I, I got Sign me up. Sign me up. It, it, it's honestly it's a very social thing, and I was like, I, I remember emailing the guy, and he's like, "Don't worry, just come along." I'm like, oh, "I haven't run." He says, "Oh, don't worry about it." And, uh, you know, and it was it was all sort of like through bog and bracken and through trees and they like putting you through shit basically. Uh, make it as hard as you can. You know, if it's gorse, the trail will go through the gorse. You know, so and also I did that for a good few years. And I really got into it. Okay, see, can I ask a question? This is a a personal thing with me, yeah. but with regards to you seen you seen a photograph of yourself with your nephew. Yeah. Was there a, was there a, a significant weight loss? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was up to a thirty-six waist, and you know, I mean, my shirt used to hang over the top of my jeans if I went on a night out, and you know, I mean, it used to have, you know, it used to be quite. It wasn't fat, but I wasn't. I was pretty chubby, I would say. Aye, and and that's just didn't lifestyle. At the, at yeah, the time. no yeah. exercise, too much eating and drinking. Yep. Okay, and that catches up with everybody. Because yeah. and I, and I think well, fifteen years is still a relatively short space of time with regards to what we're going to speak about. The things, sort of things that you get into, you've been doing to go from ten k to I don't know how many k's. But um, you you did that sort of Harriers running for a wee yeah. while. Yeah. What was your next? What was your progression through distances then? I did Inverness half in two thousand and nine. And that was, I remember it was an awful day. It was sleet and snow. And that was my first half. And I remember when I finished it, I remember texting my pal, who's a fitness instructor, because I was so chuffed to finish the half marathon. So that was my first race after that would have been. So I was just delighted I finished the half marathon. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything further than that. It was just... But I couldn't comprehend it at all. Mm-hmm. 
And how did how did you train for that half? Did you have a did you have a training plan by this no, time or no, nothing like that. I've never had a training plan. So I just went I must have just threw the hashing in and my fitness improved and I just went and did it. So You must have some mental belief or mental strength in yourself to First of all, sign up for these. That well, I'm assuming you signed up for the half. You weren't could you hold into that one? That was a no. I, I was a, a volunteer. So I said, yeah, yeah definitely. Good oh. eye. So, so, but you must, yeah. As I said, to, you can't just rock up and run a half marathon. You know what I mean? Thirty miles is a fair distance. Yeah, that would have just been the hash in. Would have got me a fitness up at that point. I didn't do anything but apart from that, and that right. was the, the occasional Sunday or a Sunday night Sunday run. That was it. Didn't really do oh. much in. I love this because this happens all the time and John will laugh, right? I also ran the Inverness half in 2009. <laughs> I, I absolutely did because as soon as you mentioned there'd been sleet and snow at it, I was like, that. I ran that. Do you, remember, do you remember getting the free hat? They gave a free woolly hat because it was some anniversary run and it gave the people the hat at the start. And ah, these, these, yeah, well, I've still got it. It's a woolly hat with Inverness half marathon on it and they gave them at the start and because it was snowing everybody put them on uh-huh. and throughout the race folk were chucking them they were littering the course because folk obviously were getting too hot when they started running yeah. and all these hats were everywhere there was hundreds of them i, I remember it because you, you the t-shirt you got was cotton do you know it was like a cotton t-shirt yeah. city of inverness cotton t-shirt you know and you wonder how you hate bloody nipples <laughs> I tell you, if I was on that race, I'd be I'd go him about twenty hats. If folk were throwing them away, I'd be gonna be picking them up. <laughs> I love a really hat. The Inverness half was a cracking a cracking event. It finishes yeah. at Bucked Park, eh? At the at the athletics track. Yeah, you do half a half a lap. Yeah. So I've I've only done I've done the Inverness marathon. Is it the same half of that course or is it different? No, no. different. If do a wee bit of it, a little bit of it. But you come over the bridge and stuff and go along, but you go past the finish and then keep going round to the fin- to the to the athletics track. Right, okay. So is it is it more sort of in the city of Inverness itself? Yeah, the housing estate round about. Um you try yeah, when you're coming in from the Inverness Marathon, that long straight coming in and you can hear the finish on mm-hmm. the other side of the river. We are yeah. up on your inside, up there right. and we're doing loops up there. So from the half marathon, uh-huh. did you did you did you then do more halves or did you go to a marathon or? I think I can't remember if I did a half after that. I remember signing up for Loch Ness Marathon, and that was my first marathon. And again, I joined the Cosmic Hill Bashers, which is the running club I'm still with. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I started doing proper training. So. And it's all like it was either hill training or speed work in the winter. So I did actually start thinking I need to do proper training at this point. So, mm-hmm. so I did, did them down this half. So I did them this mar- Loch Ness. Um, when would that have been? About ten years ago, maybe something like that. Eleven years ago would have been my, my first one. What What I was going to say was you. You obviously progressed when you did your running with the Harriers. Yeah. Did you have the same sort of progression or improvement when you joined the Cosmic Hill Bashers as well? Yeah, much better. It was proper structured training, speed work, hill work, and that made a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some really fast runners with them, the Cosmics, and mm-hmm. I mean, 
really fast mm-hmm. and just it really did help bring me on. Brilliant. My reason for asking that, and I think we've had this conversation with a few guests we've had on, Stephen, is that joining a running club can really impact on your performance. Yeah. You know, um, we've had that, well, I'm not going to mention loads of names, but of of, uh, of clubs, because I'll probably f- forget them and get them wrong. But um, s- certainly even the, the, the most recent guests we had on, uh, Iona and Joe, they were talking about the Carnegie Harriers. Um, and I was really impressed with what they were saying about all different structures. But I think that's probably in most clubs, it's there. But it certainly can make a massive improvement. So it's just a wee message to anybody. It's this is February, February into March. If you're going to go when we can get back and run and be people, make that phone call. You know, yeah. go and do it. So, sorry, Stephen, back to you. On you go, man. No, I was just going to ask about your marathon experience. Mm-hmm. Your first sort of bash uh-huh. at that. Um, actually, see before I do that, Cosmic Hill Bashers. Right, where does that name come from? Right, is there some it, story behind it? Yeah, there is a bit of a story. It was a split from used to be I've been athletics. It was a split in a club, right? And um, I mean, as well before I started with them, but uh, it is a whole running club, and it was just a night like a nighttime run. Okay. And that's where the, the Cosmic thing comes in from, right? Yeah, just that uh, mm-hmm. um, road runners versus hill runners type yeah. split, maybe. Yeah. Um, so that um, marathon, first marathon attempt, did that kind of light a fire at all? When you? Yeah, I mean, just before that, before I, I did Loch Ness, and I had started thinking about it, I'd actually been out for, with friends for dinner, and a girl there had done a marathon, London, I think it was. And I could not get, although I had entered a marathon, I could not get my head around, again, the distance. To me, it was just something, you know, I just could not understand. Although I'd done a half, I'd entered the race, there was still a distance I thought, you know, it was a long, long way. You know. I think, no, I think that's quite a, when you do sign up for a marathon, and you know, there's traditionally nothing between a half marathon and a marathon there's no a, yeah. there is some races out there but you know it, it's the next leap up the the distance ladder isn't it uh, yeah. traditionally and you think to yourself well i can get to half marathon no problem because I'm, i've done and trained for that but there's a leap into the unknown that people take at that point isn't there at, um, at mm-hmm. moving up um and this you, you, you speak to a lot of people who have done it you try and say break it down in your head but no, I'd agree with you that sort of wait a minute what, what will happen at 18 miles what will happen mm. at 20 miles who knows if you read any of these running magazines which I've stopped long ago but you, you know buy these magazines like Runner's World and all that sort of stuff they put the fear of God into you about a marathon about the wall mm. and training and how to train constantly and it's like they, they really do Put the shitters up a folk about a dis- you know a race like that, and uh, you know with a bit of steady training, it's quite achievable for most people. But the magazines just make it sound something like you're going to the moon or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I think these magazines they almost prey on the fear, and that's why they just keep selling these magazines month after month. How to do this? How to do that? Yeah, regurgitating the same content yeah. after a while. Eh? Yeah, do it sometimes. There you go. You hear that, folk? Just go out and do it. If you're thinking yeah. about it, just you know, sign up for that marathon once you can. 
Um, do you know what? Here's a spin-off question. I run with a lot of people, as you know, Alan, and um, there's a lot of people had plans last year to do their first ever marathon, mm-hmm. and they've not been able to do it. But some of them have just chosen to go and do it virtually. Do you yeah. know? For your first ever marathon, and mm-hmm. I kind of feel a wee bit like oh, that would be a, that's a bit of a shame, and I admire them for going and doing it, but they're missing out on that, you know, that collective feeling a gathering of people and achievement do you ever think of that john definitely and i think there's a there's an almost electric atmosphere at the start of a a race and even the journey the leaving home the journey to a race you're nervous and you've got you've had your breakfast and you've done all that thinking stuff and I, yeah i think that the virtual stuff's great is giving people a purpose but you it, it's never for me replicated that being connected with other human beings, you know. I'm never, uh-huh. ever going to be, though, Alan, the only time I've been near a podium is at the Octorada Chiller Race when I was carrying it out, right? That was <laughs> the only time I've ever been close to it. But it's that being with other people and being on the course and you're struggling, somebody helps you, they're struggling, you cajole them along, you know. I really love that. And it's part of the reason that I, that I like doing events, that, the personal challenge, but it's being with other people. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. roll on return of racing, um, which there's a, lot, hopefully... there's a lot of people missed out on the joy of uh, queuing for the toilets and the smell of wintergreen and in the loos. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's taking yeah. me right back yeah. to that. The start of the D33 was probably the worst I've ever experienced that because <laughs> it was the there was only about three or four portaloos, I think. Yeah, and it's that thing. You know, you go to the toilet 20 minutes before the start, right, that's me. No chance. You go another three times before that, before the race yeah. starts, you know. Um, yeah, that smell, brilliant. Absolutely There is that, when you're at like a big city marathon or something like that, it was like, I experienced it at London, I think, most. And it's getting near the, the, the starting time. Mm-hmm. And the queues for the, the, the portaloos are huge and it's just yeah. all the ladies and then all the guys are just you know and behind trees and against ah. fences and it's must yeah. it must be an awful sight but that you know you you think oh man <laughs> and then you see some lassies just darting for it just going ah stuff wait and i'm just going behind the tree they make like a decision <laughs> exactly. Anyway, how did we get into pissing? <laughs> that was Alan's fault. <laughs> Alan brought up Portaloos. That's yeah. taken us quite a long it was time. About how the, the virtual races, how people have missed out on the actual element of the race, which is true. Because they, when running on your own, which a lot of the virtuals are, I mean, it is hard. And yeah. uh, you know, it really is. The, comad- the, the friendship and everything you meet at folk at races, it's just unbelievable. So hopefully we'll get back to it soon, eh? Well, I yeah, think even, here, here. St- yeah, definitely. But Stephen said in his, his introduction to this this piece here, Alan, that we've seen each other round about ultras and stuff. And it's just that, it's not like you're, like, I wouldn't say we're any, by any stretch we're best pals, but you see each other and you recognise each other yeah. and you have a chat with people. And it's amazing the, the friends and the community that's there. Um, certainly, at the events I've been at, and I've I've absolutely loved them. Now, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, we hope, um, some of them are still, they're maybe doing 10Ks, half marathons, and they're thinking about maybe jumping into that marathon distance and potentially 
going that wee bit further, going into mm-hmm. ultra marathons. Yeah. What would you say? Do you have now? We've still got a whole big section to speak about distance-wise. Do you have a preferred distance? I like stuff like over a hundred. Longer the better. Um, okay, let's just clarify. Kilometers or miles? We talking about? Right. Right. Over over a hundred miles is your preferred distance. Okay. See yeah. that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not being arrogant, but it's it's what I like. I like they tend to be a smaller field. Um, I tend to know most of the people, the events, and that sort of distance. Um, and they're out for a long time, and I really enjoy that. Plus, the better value for money. So. <laughs> if I'm out for two or three days, I love it. That's what I like. That's that's the sort of thing I like. Yeah. Where do you get the bug to jump from doing a marathon and thinking that that is almost a hard distance to process in yeah. your head to go on to do some of these I'm more worried about my words are you allowed to say crazy distances because a lot of people will be thinking that's a crazy distance oh, we're okay with that we're okay yeah. with that. I jumped up fairly slowly though I'm very uh-huh. very fortunate because of the D33 it's, it starts less than a mile from here okay so, so I missed I think first race and I wasn't really aware of it I didn't know about a marathon there was anything above a marathon never even never knew there was such a thing yeah. I thought marathon was the ultimate distance. Then I got to know about the D33 and I entered that. And basically, it was a nice day for a change. I did that. I, and I wasn't too bad at the end. And I remember going into town at night and I felt like I had a dog with two cocks. <laughs> so I, I couldn't walk, but I was sitting in a pub on the seat and I was absolutely delighted with myself. Just that I'd done that distance, you know, and and that was the bug then about distance. And I found out about races in Scotland about and everybody was pretty friendly. I mean, I still didn't know a lot of people running. And that's what the bug was doing the D33. That was my first mm-hmm. ultra. And that really set the whole thing off. What a great, you know, that you've just described a great journey that being cajoled or forced into doing a 10K. And then phoning your pal after doing the Inverness half. Yeah. Astounded at yourself that you've you've actually ran a half marathon. To be sitting in a bar or a restaurant in Aberdeen after doing the D33 and going, wow, I can do this. You yeah. know, it is, and it, it's almost like there is a wee switch goes off in your head that mm-hmm. turns a challenge into something really pleasurable. And it's then about, I think, how how much can you test yourself? There's that we yeah there you know so so what what was after D33 for you? I think I did the D33 a couple of times and yeah two two or three times then the Cataran and so uh, and, and I remember innovation in. yeah I remember going to the the horrible hotel that burnt down. Remember that which was the race headquarters the night before. I, I knew George. I vaguely knew George from the D33 and a couple of other runners and I enjoyed it, but I was broken at the end of it completely. Mm. And the cat ran 55 miles. Yeah. One loop, oh, it's 55 miles. Sorry? One loop is 55 yeah. miles. I'm yeah. pretty sure I've, I've since seen you do the, the double. Done the double twice. Done the double twice. <laughs> since like a fit body. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go on, let, go on, let's talk about that. 
because uh-huh. it, mu- it must take a fair scalp of time to do 55 miles on that kind of terrain one time. Yeah. What sort of time do you have to do to do the, the, the double? Well, the double, it was, I was just, I'm trying to think, was it 30 or 32? Was, was there a time limit on it? I'd need to look it up, honestly. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And they do the double. You kind of boomerang it, don't you? You do it you, you do anti-clockwise and clockwise. Aye, I, I I call that boomerang. Yeah. I, I sometimes do do that if I'm doing a wee interval session myself, but it's more like 500 meters rather than 55 <laughs> miles. <down. laughs> and I tell you, I'm really intrigued to know what's it like starting that second loop. How do you move yourself? Because I take it you stop at the end of the 55 and replenish your stuff and things like that. Well, the idea is you have to finish and go back out before the run the, the 55 starts. So you don't have a lot of time. Right. Okay. Oh, so see, I never you're, knew that. Right. Uh, so you're, you're well, doing you it. Be, I think, what was that? 28, 28 hours is the time limit for the double. Yeah, okay. 28 time limit. So you do the first 55 and then you join the rest of the people setting to off be, to do it. Yeah, you have to be out before then or at the same time as them as they start their race. Right. Ah, okay. That, I so, see, I always thought it was the other way. I always thought you did your, you, you ran the race and then the 55 stopped and then the four, doing the double carried on. That makes it a hell of a lot more of a challenge to yeah, get in. There wasn't very many of a few, there was maybe about 15. 15 of us of the entries, that was so, it was a very small race. These are the I types of races fact. that can start quickly after COVID. Eh? <laughs> I love the fact though that Alan's done it twice. He's done the double twice. He went back and done no, it. I, love it. I like I like the Cataran. I've done it as a training run a few times. I, I really like the Cataran. It's, a, it's got everything. I've never so, done it. I've never yeah. set foot on the Cataran Trail. I'll, I'll, go and, I'll put that right. Um, a lot, yeah. it's in Perthshire, so... Yeah, it's just up the road. Yeah. I think it's one of these things, Stephen, that there's something else happens around about that time in the race calendar. I think there's a... Well, when I say that, you're either close to doing an event, so uh-huh. I mean, so it sort of interrupts your training if you were doing something, or it's close after something that you've done. Uh-huh. You have recovery time for it. Well, no, I like Mr Cormack that can just get a nick or that or weekend, you know I, I just mean? want to bring it up right now when we first went on air with Alan um, just to have a wee pre-match chat as we were having a, a, a team talk um, Alan said that he was just three or four minutes in for a run and, and at first John and I just assumed he'd be doing a 10k or something like that I checked his Strava in the interim and he's just him for doing a 40 mile run <laughs> well, if it was me, I'd be in the the bath for about three hours, <laughs> and absolutely stuffing my face with anything that was sitting about. And and we also must say he looks as fresh as a daisy. Not, not a bead of sweat on his brow, which is absolutely brilliant. So, oh man, yeah, amazing. very much appreciated that you're here. So, <laughs> see, when you've been doing your, we're now talking into the sort of ultra stuff, obviously, yeah. when you're talking about the Cataran Trail. Is there a bit is there a bit of kit that's tried and tested for you? I've I've it's took me a long time. I used to buy up crap basically. And I've tried everything. Um I've got it down to a pretty good art now, but I you know I've tried different shoes, different shorts, everything. And it's basically the same stuff now. So mm-hmm. shorts, two times you shorts. 
fantastic. Comfy, don't chaff. Love them to bits. Um, okay. Hughes is Sockenies for road. And for trail is um, Scott's. Scott um, Kimberloo Super Treks. Uh, I've actually got two new pairs delivered today. They're on offer. So, <laughs> so that and I like red light packs. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I've got my kit now, um, and and I, just, I know what I'm doing with it, and I'm comfortable. Trust it, and it works. Aye, but that's been a wee bit of trial and error, and but oh, now you've yeah. settled on. I've bought some real shit. Oh, I mean, literally buying bargain basement. This bargain, you know, it's just crap. Me, I think I should have bought a real gear. You know, proper stuff. You know. I'm still on that journey, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on that journey. Can I ask though? You're, you you mentioned about red light packs. Yeah. Now, you go when you go to these ultra marathons. You see people. Well, we're going to forgive the people who rock up for their first ever one because we've all been there. And you turn up for your bag, your bag for life, and you've got this fucking job for it. But when you get into a bit, the packs is yours like a vest? Is it a tight vest or do you have a? Can you pack a lot in it? It's a small, it's a small thing. It's got bottles on the front, but it's a bigger pack. My normal pack, which I start keep running now, is fifteen liters. So it's not a right. small, small, tiny pack. I cannot be bothered with it. I used to run with a, oh, what was it? Your pack, ultimate direction pack, and it was forever trying to squeeze. You know, for a, for a race, it's most is like full body cover, blanket, mm. and all this, and you're absolutely ramming the thing in. Uh-huh. I cannot bother with it anymore. So I'd rather have a slightly bigger pack. They're very comfy, but I can right. carry maybe a wee bit more kit, but get to it very easily. Because so, I think we should say all these all these packs, they're all adjustable as well. So you can pull them tight regardless yeah. of the size of them, can't you? So yeah, yeah. yeah but it's a it's a whole massive market, and oh, yeah. I think it is. It's that trial and error thing, isn't it? So it is. red light are are they French? I think uh, French, yeah. I always associate them with um, the... MD- yeah, there's a lot of MDS stuff. Yeah, my, when Alan says MDS, he's speaking about Marathon de Sables. Have you ever ventured there? Have you ever thought no. about that no. one? No, it's crazy money. It's like five ah. grand. It's just out my... Yeah, I was wouldn't contemplate it at all. Need a mortgage. They've yeah. always got, I must say as well, Red Light have always got a pretty good, decent sale on or accessories sale, things like that. Yeah. It's worth checking them out. Um, yeah. I get the mailing list and I'm, I'm just like, see the carrot coming in. Oh, ding, ding. Have a wee look yeah. at that. I actually got one today. I put five T-shirts in my, my basket and ended up going, no, no, I don't need them. I've got T-shirts <laughs> falling out the cupboard. So I actually never bought anything. But they are good. Alan, yeah. John had. 2020 off buying anything new he's making up for lost time yeah definitely i've got some new shorts today as well so there we go anyway but we're here to speak about alan um yeah so there you go there's your your running kit some top tips there because um we, we had a few people in touch with us on our social media channels asking us to speak a bit more about kit and things like right. that so i think okay. there's a there's a wee bit of interest because people who are still on that journey Mm-hmm. appreciate hearing and what i would say is that sometimes i'm asked what trainers or what shorts but you only know the ones that work for you and it might be yeah. that for that other person they didn't work as well so just a just caveat in that caveat yeah. in there. You, can so, you, can, you can read all the reviews and everything yeah. but you've got to buy it, it and try the kit out and try it in, in the rain and the dry 
stuff, stuff in a nice day will work. Try it in the rain. You're going to chaff for a while. You could chaff. It may yeah. not work as well. You've got to try everything out. Talking, then, about, talking about chaff in there, just while uh, we're talking about that, yeah. do, you, do you lube up? Do you use anything? Yes. Okay, what's your, what's your preferred? Sudocreme. Brilliant, yeah. Stephen's the same. Stephen's a yeah. sudocreme guy. I've come back to sudocreme. I was uh-huh. using that. I was using, what's that stick you get? Body Glide? I was using uh-huh. that for a while. But I actually, yeah, well, I actually ran out of it, and we still had a, my daughter's 24, I think we still had a big jar of cedar cream with some in the bottom, right? <laughs> so, probably, well, that's not the only jar we've ever had, but there was yeah. some in it, but I, I used that, and it's the best ever, cedar cream. It's antiseptic, which is the best thing. Yeah, I have literally almost gone out of a race. It's actually the spine about, in 2015, I had really bad chaffing going on, really bad chaffing, and I was in pain. I mean, severe pain, and I didn't have anything with me. And actually, at that time, when I went to check, I had some antiseptic cream in my drop bag, and that's what I needed. But I, I even today, I was carrying a little jar of pseudocreme with me. I keep it in my pack all the time. Mm-hmm. Just got a, a little bit in the bottom of it, but it's enough, just uh-huh. in case. So that is a top tip, it definitely. Is. And I think, regardless of weather, if it's warm, if it's wet, pseudocreme works. So Definitely. there you go. Cool. Yeah. Thank and, you very much. And the thing is, pseudocreme obviously isn't marketed at all to ultra runners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, maybe if they wanted to give us a wee nudge, we could say. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's the best thing ever. There you yeah. go. The, the best. Well, there's pork pies. They're the best thing ever. <laughs> Apart from pork pies. <laughs> um, so you spoke a bit there around about the Cataran Trail mm-hmm. being one of your your favourite places to run. Is it? Sure. Is that? Have you got a favourite place that you uh, go to? Um, I'm a bit um, not. Re- I would say the Cataran. I, I, I do a lot of stuff in England, so I quite like some of the bigger ones down there. Okay, um, that's more than like races. I prefer down that's there. All right. What what races are they? The ones I like are T184, which is the whole of the Thames. Oh, yep. Beautiful countryside down there. Did you say 184? Are these numbers significant? Is that... yeah, the miles, miles. Sorry, it's called, it's a simple name. It's T184 because you follow the Thames from the, the, from the Thames Head, from the, from, the, from the barrier upstream to Thames Head, which is the actual source of the Thames. Oh, it's the source. Right, there you go. Brilliant. 184 miles. Wow. Right, that, you were saying you could go the heat. Sorry, Stephen. Is that a summer one? Yeah, it's in August, so it's always... Right. Right. Yeah. What's changed in your head? You couldn't get your head around the half marathon. Yeah. But you can, you're can. you now in a position where you can get your head around the 184 miles as being one of your favourite races. How do you How do you prepare for that? What happened was I entered on, I made a, a stupid comment to, on the, to Bill Ayers about the Great Glen on Facebook. It was like the week before the race. I've never done the distance, obviously. And I said, oh, I wish I was doing it. And he was like, well, come along. This was when they were looking, they were looking for 30 people to run the first race. And I had no idea what I was let myself in from at all. 
And so I was expecting a bus to turn up. There was five of us piled in a car and drove from Inverness down to Fort William. And we set off. There was only five of us altogether. And God, I was dying. I mean, I started off all bright and breezy. And we started off at one. Started at one a.m., which I wasn't used to a, a, a night start like that. Mm-hmm. And I got twenty miles, thirty miles in, and I wanted to die. I was so ill. <laughs> I literally was lying. Sorry, we're, la- we're laughing, but you can do that if we're talking about ultra marathon. <laughs> I was just lying in the, in the forest over a log, just being ill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what, what what I thought was in my head, right? I'd done thirty miles at this point, so I've done a marathon. Mm-hmm. And the next checkpoint, the checkpoints were every 10 miles. And I thought, right, if I can get to 40 miles, then it's a marathon to finish. And also, it was because there's only five of us in it, I couldn't be the only person not to finish it. Mm-hmm. I had to finish it. So, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but I finished it. Yeah. And God, yeah. you know. I love the fact that you're lying there burst over a log in a forest. Yeah. But but you're finishing in your yeah. head. You're I, finishing. I, I couldn't be the one. Couldn't be four four finishes and five starters. I had to finish that race. You mm. know. And was that a bit of a? Do that feeling then? Was that a bit of a tipping point? Yeah, I mean, I realised then how you know this the field of distance. You know, you got to respect it. But but then at that point, I thought I can go further. You know, I realised, you know, forget the fear of a marathon, half marathon. I thought, well, hang on, I've done 70, I think 73 miles at that point. I thought, let's just see where I can go with this. Mm. So, And what, how was your body after that? After completing that distance, how did you feel? That, if you're saying after 30 miles you felt done. Oh, yeah. How was your recovery after that? I was actually not too bad. I was really ill. I was really sick during the, you know, I really was ill. And I was just, I was, if somebody had given me a gun, I would have shot myself. I was that ill, literally. But I remember finishing, got, I don't even think it was a photo of me. And the next morning, that, I think we finished at night. And the next morning, we all had breakfast together and stuff. No, I think we had a dinner, actually. We did have a dinner that night after the race. So I'd actually got myself together to have a drink and have a meal with them. So I actually wasn't feeling too bad at that point, because I've overcome illness. So I want to turn our chat towards some of your more, how would I say, crazy shit that you've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because John and I, in our thorough research for recording the podcast, just had a, a wee look down your ultramarathon record on uh, various websites. Because your name's quite a common um, site on finishers lists, Alan. Um, that this is a good thing, but there's some in there that sound quite intriguing, like the Hill Ultra, mm-hmm. the Tunnel, and ones that almost sound like, "Hello, I'm Purgatory, and you come." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must say as well, when we were looking at these websites as part of the research, either Stephen or I, it was almost like playing table tennis, going. Fucking hell, look at this in, look at this in. It was unbelievable, the list. Sorry, Stephen, back to you. On you that, go. That's okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm just quite keen to understand what attracts you. I think we've already alluded to this, what under, um, to, what attracts you to these things. Right. You know, these 
things that sound almost like a form of torture that the you know some intelligence unit would do to try and unearth a, <laughs> a mole or something like that and you're just putting your hand up and saying i'm happy to pay a hundred quid yeah and and also then just to speak about some of them because i think they're they're really interesting yeah so yeah you go for it what 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 if i actually press that enter here button right hill i knew i knew about hill because of mike raffin mike raffin had run it the year prior to me okay and mike because it wasn't it's in was in the cosmic hill bashes so you know i knew mike pretty well Uh and i thought give it a go you know so it was 55 times up and down the shining tor in uh, peak district but the year i did it there was horrendous storm of wind i mean it was phenomenal wind and because it's a mark cockbane race of cockbane events mark likes making it hard for people uh-huh. so the the the, um, the pub um oh i forgot the name of the pub now but basically you couldn't stay more than 15 minutes or something in the pub at any one time and all your kit had to stay outside so you had your drop bag and all the rest of it was outside and it was just repetitive up and down up and down um when you say 55 times up and down what was the well, it's 160, 160 altogether so 160 miles. miles yeah so uh, roughly about three miles mile and a half up mile and a half down being about something like that yeah and yeah. we a fair bit of elevation per yeah it was a wee bit about there was elevation in it it was the, the factor is it's just repetitive and the wind and the weather because it's in december as well <laughs> and the daylight and there's no poles you know you has got to get on and do it you know he's he's you know the highlight was a bit of white rice pudding warm rice pudding that was it that was what you got homemade, homemade rice pudding no it was tin the smart price smart <laughs> price i've just checked i've just checked that the pub is the the cat and fiddle in i had the cat and fiddle that's it that's the one so yeah. you couldn't spend any time in it literally you could go and use a loo if you wanted to go into the pub you had to go right round. you couldn't use the front door you had to go right round and all the way round the back just cutting into your time so you just basically you didn't go into the pub and just kept running right, it just says here one up and down stretch of the hill is exactly 2.9 miles mm. you have to do that 55 times yeah. man brilliant so uh, phenomenal john i'll let you go and do that one first <laughs> well, it might, it's not been on for a few years but it should might be on this year yeah, he's got, Alan's got a glint in his eye when he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and I do notice like Mark Cockbane, his his events are just nuts, and they're they're designed for people like you, Alan. Yeah, I, I like his events because of no fuss, no crew, no support, small numbers, mm-hmm. and that's what I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't want fuss, I don't want a crew or any of that sort of stuff. Is that part of the challenge for you to go unsupported? Yeah, I do not want. I hate support. I've never had support. I've never had a support runner. I don't want any of that at all. Um, okay. The only time I've had support was because it was mandatory. Was the double cataran? You had to have a driver, and okay. I was worried more about them than right, about okay. myself. You know what I mean? Because they were out for a long time, so I'd rather not have support. I, I get that. 
I get that. And I tell you, I don't know if it was the last event. You can tell me this. If it was the last event you you entered uh, pre-March 2020, mm. there's a race called the Tunnel. I did a bit of reading about this. Was that the yeah. last event you entered? No, I did the Spine um, last year. But the right. Tunnel was late October the year before. 2019. 2019. Because yeah. that, again, is one of these quite unique challenges. Can you tell us a wee bit about the tunnel? Yeah, it is a, an old railway tunnel in the south of Bath and um, is just over a mile long. Again, it's, um, it was actually quite, it's quite an unusual railway tunnel because it was only single bore, which means there was only one track. So it's actually quite a narrow railway tunnel as opposed to. Some of the railway tunnels that have been turned to paths are quite wide. This one's yeah. quite narrow. And again, it was basic, up and down, up and down. You had to dip in at every end. And it was 200 times we had to do it, up and down. So it was 200 times. Sorry, I've just Googled that and I've just checked the race director. The same dude, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark. Yeah. Um, so 200 times up and down the tunnel. Now, I'm March 20. 2019 it was. Ah, 2019, right. And I'm assuming is the mm-hmm. tunnel is the tunnel dark or is there art if is there light in the tunnel? It, well, what it is it's, it's lit a bit. It's quite dull, but at eleven o'clock at night the lights go off and uh they come on at seven in the morning, so it's head torches through the night. Oh that's a long time. Yeah. Long but, time. But in the middle of the tunnel, during the, when the lights are on, there's some weird, weird music plays like somebody going nuts with a violin just like creepy noises it's not not a song it's just noises and is that real is that real or are you imagining that i did did hallucinate but this one is a real thing it's got lights and this weird music if you google it you'll look on youtube you'll see a clip it's weird and i have to ask as well is the tunnel straight or is it on a bend um it's got a bend in it and it's a slight uphill at one end so yeah. you can so from one side you can't see the other side yeah. even in daylight. Right, yeah. okay. Okay. So, I must I imagine in Donald I'm imagining Donald Sandyman hanging about in the tunnel about oh, two yeah. o'clock in the morning, you know. <laughs> well that weird thing is it's not it's not it's, it's rock on the sides of the tunnel, right? So when you're getting tired, if it looks like there's faces staring at you. Yeah. Night with shadows and stuff, it looks like there's people looking at you. So it's a bit mm-hmm. weird. Oh, man. And that, I read, read, sorry, Stephen, you that's go. all right. No, you go, John, because you're still on topic. What, what, what I was going to say, I read a race report and I read mm-hmm. that was only two people finished that yeah. the, the event when, when, when you were in it. Yeah. Um, do you want to speak a wee bit about how many how many actually started and there was two finished? 39, I think. 39, I think, started. Right. And it was weird. It, the people decided. I mean, I know quite a few of them, and there's one or two of them were just like, oh, because you know, if you went, you're different to different speeds, so you didn't see everybody, and all of a sudden it's like, it's getting a bit quiet. And then the Saturday, sorry, the Sunday afternoon, there was like five of us in it or something. I'm like, I couldn't believe it, how few people were still going at this point. And then the last three hours, there were three of us, an Irish chap, and he, hurt his ankle or something and all of a sudden I thought I couldn't believe it was just two of us honestly because there was a lot of runners a lot better than me or 
lot were better than me. And I could not believe I was still in this thing. I just plodding up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was unexpected. Unexpected. I was, I was unexpected how few people had finished it. So yeah. you were one of the two. Yeah, so I was last. <laughs> Brilliant. But I did I did read the, the race report that I that I read was the guy that was one in front of you. And yeah. he he credits you with getting him through that last five, ten miles. Yeah. You know, so Yeah. I've made about probably about them sake because I did pace him for a bit because he was struggling. But then I, I wasn't thinking about my own race, if you see what I mean. I was mm. Well, I was pretty tired anyway. I was quite happy to pace him for a bit, and it was all of a sudden I thought, "Hang on a minute!" So I was still about two hours behind him. So that last couple of hours was pretty hard. But then also was watching the t- cutoffs as well because I only made it by half an hour. Okay. So, so what? So it was a two hundred mile race. Is that right? Yeah. And what was the um, what was your finishing time? If it was the cutoff was fifty five hours, I was fifty four thirty five. Uh, it was kind of, kind of close. A couple of six-minute six miles at the end just to get in. At one point, I was actually sprinting, and I was told to calm down because I was I had no concept of distance because during the night, they weren't updating the... You, you dipped in and dipped out, but Mark and the other organiser, they disappeared off. <laughs> so there was no, you didn't know how far you'd gone. So that was the real... Difficulty. I had no concept of distance at all. They do so that on could, purpose. Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was on purpose, but <laughs> at, at this, he was like, "Well, just get on with it." But you had you nah. couldn't pace yourself because you don't know how far you've gone, and you can't count. Nah. You watch won't work because it's obviously inside. Of course. So that was, you know, it was just a weird, weird thing. I, I tell you, with the best will in the world, you think right, okay, you're going to be able to count. One, two, the time you get to three, you're like, is that five? You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, it's mental. But okay. I think as well, we, we should reassure people that it's quite extraordinary. And it's something you touched on earlier, Alan, that I was exactly the same. I thought the marathon distance was the, further, the furthest that human beings ever ran. I thought that 26 miles, I thought that's it. I, when somebody mentioned the word ultra to me, I was mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? So, but what I would try to what I'm trying to say to people listening in, don't be scared by the big numbers. Yep. You know, it's a it's a whole different ball game, different kind of challenge, but it's a phenomenal way to test yourself. I'm not saying go and do 200 miles. I'm not saying that people go and do that, but never say never. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, you just, can you can do these things. Just believe in yourself and keep pushing it. Yeah, and also. You, you got your money's worth out of that if you're exactly. half an hour. Aye, brilliant man. <laughs> and most importantly, what's your fueling strategies for these? What's what's what... I, honestly? I, I really am not scientific. I'm not organised. I, I, I don't try this and the next thing. I mean, for example, the tunnel. I took a few tins of fruit, some custard, some biscuits, and crisps. We got pot noodles, which is what Mark Cotbean is known for giving me a pot noodle. Um, and that was it. So I don't eat. I don't have gel. I don't have fancy gel. I don't do gels. I don't. I, I don't work out calories per hour or any of that stuff. I eat what I feel I need when I want uh-huh. it. If I've got it. And if I've not got it, I'll just have to do it. No overthinking it. No. 
keep nah, us on. I'm going to enjoy it. And I think we've got to say as well, in defence of Mark Cobain, that pot noodles got everything you need. And exactly. it's got the carbs, it's got the salt, it's got yep. all that stuff, you know. So. The cheapest chips. Aye, I had a pot definitely. noodle going more and it, it right perked me up. Chicken and I, like, I also like though what Alan's bringing to the, the podcast. There, there are loads of fancy gear, and we spoke about gear, and it is a journey that you've got to go on yourself. But there's also equally all these nutrition things and hydration things, but you can just go and do what's right for you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You didn't, so it's great, man. If, if someone works for you, go yeah. with it. But, but then again, sucked into the, the gels and bars and all that sort of stuff. You didn't have to get into I've that. Seen, so. I've seen people having lists at races that they've have so much protein, carbs, and whatever per hour. You know, today I've had a ham sandwich and two pastries of like Asda for 10p last night, you know? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, really labels. Certainly. <laughs> I bloody enjoyed them. It was amazing. It was I ran forty fun. miles at night. Yeah. Brilliant. So he started running forty miles at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Seven hours. Hey, bother, Alan. <laughs> I'd be like wallowing in the glory for about three months after doing a 40 mile run. You're just talking to us. <laughs> I'd be like that. Ding dong. What's that at the door? Aye, that's the 16 inch pizza. Pecora. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So like, those two races, the, 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 the hill and the tunnel, is there oh, any other standout ones in your head that you think that ah, was a bit? It's got to be the spine. Yeah. No, I went into that in 2014 for the short race, which is 108. And uh, there was some, like a friend of mine, Gary Morrison, again, who was on the Cosmic Calabashes. He originally was the finisher on the first ever spine race. And I got chatting to him at the Great Glen, the first, on the way up to the Great Glen for the first ever Great Glen race in the car. He was telling me about the spine race. And I'm like, oh, I think about that. And I had no idea about this. I was way out of my depth, completely. Because it's not like a normal race. It's a plod through bog, shit, and mud, and snow. It is just horrendous. And that is the spine. You virtually don't run. You just plod and try and navigate your way up the course. So I went into that. I finished the Challenger, and I was absolutely broken. So absolutely three days it, my mum and dad's in bed. My mum bringing my meals up to the bed. <laughs> I, was like, I was like an invalid. <laughs> I couldn't walk. for a mess. I was and mentally, it broke me. It really, really broke me. Can I just clarify? You said the small spine race. Is that the challenger? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And what's the spine in total? Two six eight miles. Wow, man. So that's another 160 on top of the... Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. Because yeah. we, had, we had Debbie Kinsani uh, speaking about the spine, and she yeah. some horrendous conditions. I don't know what your conditions were like, but... Um, well, that was, was, you did it last year. It was the same year that Debbie did it. Done, yeah, I've done, it? I've done... In 14, I did Challenger. In 15, I did the full race, finished that. 16, I helped. We talked about helping at races. Mm -hmm. 17. Into a DNF, eighteen. No, uh, no, eighteen. I, I thought timed out in seventeen. Eighteen, 
there was a bit of a, a hoo-ha in the background, which I won't go into, but I didn't finish it. But I went back six months later and did the summer one. Oh, yeah. And then I did the, the full race again last year. In January oh. last year. And finished which that. Which was again. when it was quite stormy as well. Yeah, but actually it was not bad conditions. I mean, and had far worse before. Right. I mean, there was no snow. There was very little snow last year. Um, and years before, there had been severe snow, like really bad snow. So it's just a look at the draw with the weather. You just can't tell. And is that a case of just get your head down and crack on and get it done? Yeah, there's nothing else you could do. You're battling everything, tiredness, fatigue, you know, fatigue, feet, um, lack of food, no sleep, lack of sleep. Yeah, feeling like, you know, you're hurting. You're trying to navigate. You've got to micro-navigate the spine. You've got to get it within... You're looking for a, a style and a wall, and you've got to be within five to ten feet to find it because most of it goes through the night. So most of the weather in the winter is also horrendous. Mm-hmm. So navigation is a major part of it as well. Do you ever get, or do you manage it very well? Actually, your feet. How do your feet hold up with things like this? For spine, I've I've learned, but I use sealskin socks. Well, I put normal socks on, sealskins, plenty of soda cream, and it's a really good medic support on spine. Mm-hmm. There's maybe half a dozen medics, proper doctors at each checkpoint. But I am pleased to say I've never had my feet treated at the spine race. I've good. always managed to manage them. But yeah, feet horrendous. Some people have been hospitalised through the feet, but to get mm-hmm. plastic surgery, I mean, horrendous. Massive feet, you know. Yeah, because I think, well, to do that distance, even walking it, you, mm-hmm. your feet, your feet can get some. That even walking thirty miles, some people get bad feet, oh, you know. Yeah. But so to do that sort of distance, um, and to keep your feet in sort of relative good nick, um, is quite an achievement in itself. It should be a it should be a medal for that for the state of your feet yeah. at the end, you know what so, I mean? So can cost you. Even if you're getting your feet treated, you can you can wait for two hours to get before you can get a checkpoint before you can get your feet treated. It could be a queue, and it could cost you so much time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it could cost you your race. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. So we've spoken about some of the crazy stuff you've done mm-hmm. already. You didn't show any much signs of stopping. I know just now, in the last few months, you've you've even during lockdown and stuff like that you've partaken in a few little challenges around about your local area i think was yeah. it in january you did the accumulator yeah i did that did it last year i did it in the summer and then i did it in january again and could you just describe for people listening what that involves sure um on the first of the month nice easy start nice one mile on the first uh-huh. second of the month, two miles so you know i'm to about the middle of the month you think that's just pretty easy but then obviously getting up to about the 20th of the month, you have 20 miles, 21 miles, obviously up until right through to 31. So you'd be running basically marathons the last week. But also the biggest thing is motivation, trying to keep going out and trying to find, for me, I mean, because I've run around Aberdeen so much, you're trying to find a slight variation in a route just to try and make it slightly interesting. And yeah. and it's just, you know, it's, it's for me, it's an incentive to finish. But... Um, it's when you going. say that, I'm trying to calculate it. What, what's the monthly total for it's that month? 496 for, for January. 496 miles. Yeah. In January. There's a lot of people listening or not get near that in a year. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Aye, and it's in the darkest, coldest month of the year. <laughs> so yeah. just to, just to well, yeah, make it. We, we did it in the summer, and obviously that's quite pleasant. I've got a nice tan. Obviously, going out in the, in the winter, there's not as much fun. So. No. I was going to say as well, it's in the northeast of Scotland in yeah. the winter. That's yeah. Kind of cold, very cold place at times, you know, and it gets hit with some bad sort of weather up there too. Doing that, Alan, when you're doing that last week or last ten days of January, do you put, do you go out in the morning? Do you do it late late in the evening? I, or well, I took I, got, I took actually took a few days holiday to do it because I I worked twelve hour shifts and it wasn't going it was impossible to do it. So the only mm. way I could do it was take some time off work, and and that's what I did. I've started at seven in the morning. There's no way, there's not enough time in the mornings to do it, to get to work and stuff. So I took some time off work. But That's dedication, man. That is absolutely brilliant. I love it. And how, you've obviously got a level of fitness or stubbornness or a combination of both to to do that sort of stuff. How are your legs? I mean, we've spoken before about people who run regularly. There's always going to be a bit of pain that you we can handle, you know what I mean. But how how are your legs doing that sort of mileage over a month? I never got a problem with my legs. I get I can get sore, stiff back occasionally. But my fear is with fitness and stuff is to keep it going. I really mm. don't want. I've seen people so I mean you know, basically if I keep it going, I don't have a problem with my legs. I have no issues with my legs. Not stiff, whatever. Slightly stiff back. I take a couple of ibuprofen now and again. For, you know, when at home or whatever, and that is it. You know, nothing else, nothing, nothing special. But my legs no problems at all. Who do you reckon you could rattle a ten k in now? Oh God, I'm not that. This year, it was the last year. This last twelve months, I've not got much speed in me at all. So I don't know. I really maybe should try it. I'm just thinking back to way back at the start of the record. I remember speaking about you doing being cajoled or forced into doing that ten k. Yeah. What yeah. you would do, what you would do oh, now, because it's obviously different times. Yeah, I, I mean, I was doing a lot of speed work in 2019. Um, I was doing a lot of short stuff during the day, down to the beach, just really getting the speed back. Mm-hmm. So I need that. Um, so, yeah, I know my speed will be lacking just now. I've got the stamina. I've not got the speed just now, so I need to work on that. And there's no dispute and you've got the stamina. Christ, <laughs> aye, in, in spades. In spades, absolutely just, brilliant extrapolating out a 500 mile January and you do that every month of the year and you've run 6,000 miles. <laughs> know that you're doing that, but I wouldn't even have past you. <laughs> there was a fellow runner who was in part of the thing. She did 32 miles every day for the month. I did see that on social media somewhere, yeah. aye. Uh, Vicky, Vicky Owens. So she rattled out that. So... Wow. Vicky, if you're listening, we wouldn't mind speaking to you, Hen. <laughs> <laughs> 32, 32 miles times 31. Yeah, so she just just under a thousand miles, I think it was. That is mental. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh. but had to go and do it in the garden. She couldn't even go out. She had to run around the garden for the day. <laughs> <laughs> You can see John and I's faces, Alan. It's uh, not often I'm caught for words, but that is phenomenal. That is absolutely phenomenal. No, you did very, very well. Good on. I hope she got a medal. <laughs> we, we spoke a wooden medal, yes, especially. <laughs> we spoke at the start about um, volunteering and supporting 
and just pretty much doing a bit of payback, you know, and yeah. to, to keep these events going. How yeah. do you want to speak about about that? How important that is to you? Yeah, I didn't realise. I was used to because I obviously I love running, right? I love doing races, and I didn't realise the amount of effort that was into it. And it was actually Jebra. I did Jebra a couple of times, which is a super little race. Well, and uh, it's thirty-eight miles. Thirty-eight yeah. miles. <laughs> very friendly. And I remember Noni, who Noni Heffron, who's the race yeah. organizer, he messaged me once and says, "Do you fancy helping?" And I'm like, "No, I, I, I want to. I'd like to run it again." So a couple of days later, sure you don't want to help? I'm like, "No, no, I'll, I'll enter it." And then I'm almost a bit slow here. <laughs> so the following day, message Nonny, Nonny, can I help? Yes. So she also was obviously done the race a few times and it always sells out that race. So I helped and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I did that a couple of times. I really enjoyed it. So I've done quite a bit of volunteering now at different races, different events. And I really enjoy it. It's good fun and it's good to see you because I've had so much help at races from other people, from Checkpoint, from organisers and that, and it's really good. You just obviously realise how much effort goes into putting an event on. Uh-huh. It's actually really and also putting something back, helping other people, achieving their race, goals, dreams, whatever. I know, it's rewarding. It's really rewarding. Perfect, perfect. And it's, it's, it's actually an absolute laugh as well. I mean, it's an absolute hoot to, to help out. I mean, God, what a carry-on you have behind <laughs> the scenes and stuff. <laughs> Really, it's brilliant because I, I know certainly I've been on well the events that you take part in. You, you're right. We mentioned at the start you you make friends and you make acquaintances through these yeah. things, and you you recognise people. And it's I just think it's always special. I'm talking about me, who's just a runner them all runner, but you're running up to the finish line or even at checkpoints, and there's these well kent faces who yeah. are there giving up their Saturday, other Sunday, or their whole weekend. Um, and it, I think it just means so much. And that has encouraged me. I've helped to, to, to go 33 in the West Highland Way and the fling done all that sort of stuff. It's, and it's brilliant. It's also great, as you say, it's great crack. Being on the sidelines, you're not out of breath. And you're yeah. seeing all these folk coming through and just seeing them achieve their dreams. And to be part of that is something special. You know, so again, I would put a plea out to people. Once we do get events up and running again, throw your hat in the ring to volunteer and to support our race yeah. as well. I would say Definitely. it's as, almost as good fun as running, honestly. But you'll have a good laugh, and you get the pick up all the stuff left over from the drop bags. <laughs> well, John and I have got stories about that as well, but we'll touch on them. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, all that scientific stuff that we spoke about earlier, all those uh, cliff shot bars and all that oh, stuff, uh, like that. <laughs> I would never buy them. Cling film. <laughs> I, I know. I've got some great inspiration for drop bag items by volunteering. You know, like you know, cold pizza and stuff. I'm like, oh. Salted new boiled potatoes. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're having some of them. Thank you. A tin, a gin. Ken, gin and a tin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was somebody, it flung a couple of years ago. There was a condom in one of the drop bags. I know they owned up to it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Maybe just want to use it as a water carrier or something. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, 
thinking about the, the next question. Um, what's next for you? What have you got on the agenda for this year, next year, etc.? Nothing for next year. Um, this year, summer spine. Summer spine. Uh, hope, yeah, so hopefully summer spine will be on. Hopefully things will be slightly easier. Fingers crossed for Race Across Scotland and Lone Lass in October, which is a race of have DNF'd it twice. So, What's that one? Um, Hollyhead to Cardiff. So it's on on road, but there's one hell of a climb, well, lots of climbs in it. So I need to have a finish that one for good. But that's my, hopefully they'll, they'll be on. So hopefully the lockdown will be eased. So the spine, I can't see it, and that's in June. Uh-huh. So fingers crossed for that. And then the race across Scotland, that starts on the west coast, finishes in the east. Is that down over the in Dumfries and Galloway? Yeah, it starts just what is um Popatrick over uh-huh. to Open's Path on the east. So it goes through you know, it goes through Moffat and Law and Galashiels and Lauder uh-huh. and finishes on the east coast. Was that a couple so, of hundred miles? Yeah. I, I, I marshalled it a couple of years ago, or three years ago, I think. Uh-huh. So I've got a new place, so I'm looking forward to Oh, to, excellent. And that's something else to, to, to speak about, is when you are marshalling or volunteering at races, you're often rewarded with a free race entry from the organisers as a thank you, which is brilliant. Um, it's something that I've taken advantage of before, and I know that John has as well. Um, but that race across Scotland, we're now just speaking about hundreds of miles, as in a, cu- a couple of hundred. Yeah. <laughs> as if they say... <laughs> <laughs> just just a couple of hundred. That's ridiculous. Um okay, well good luck for those if um, fingers crossed all going well with the vaccination programme, etc., that things allow us to get back to doing what we love doing. Um yeah. because it's been yeah, it's been a long a long year. <laughs> oh, it certainly has. Yeah. I mean um, yeah, I need to everybody needs to stretch their legs further away now. It'll be good. Yeah, luckily, do you live in Aberdeenshire or Aberdeen City? In the city. In the city. So yeah. are you allowed to run into the Shire just now? Just, yeah. But I can do it on foot, but I can't drive. So Got you. Well, I mean, I've, only, I've actually, like today, I've been right around the city. That's all <laughs> I've done in the city centre. That's all <laughs> I've done. So I've not been far at all today. Never but, far through the door. I've, I've not but, been far at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> today I was out in Bankery, and the day before I was out in Bankery, which is only not that far out of the road. But yeah, it's in the Shire, but uh, it's all within regulations. Brilliant. And have you got, just quickly, have you got like a bucket list race that you say at some point, I want to do that? Not really. No, I have no intent to put it away. I have no interest, really, of going to any of the big sort of alpine races. I'm not. It's just too much people, not money. Uh-huh. All I, I like. I've got plenty of races I can do in in this country. The UK. Yeah, plenty, and maybe Ireland. I'd probably I would like to do some maybe races in Northern Ireland. Um, there's some quite good ultras over that way. So uh-huh. yeah, I'd definitely go over there. But I'm not for going to into Europe itself. A bit like Celtic. Oh, yeah. I tell you, I've, we'll cut that bit. I um. I tell you, you've whetted my interest for that tunnel race. There's some, yeah. Aye, definitely. That's the sort of things that, stuff I like, things like that. 
I'm going to avoid the hell. I'm going to avoid the hell. <laughs> 55 oh. times up and doing the hell. But... October this year and his entry is available. Right, I must check that one out. Pot noodles on tap. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yep. Avoiding the hells, that's what John does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, Stephen. Uh, listen, yeah. it's night. We're well into our time here. So. I, know, I know. Yeah, so we're, um, we're just going to finish up, Alan. Um, okay. It's been amazing to chat to you. You've um, like you say, you've whetted John's appetite. Myself as well. There's, there's some of the, um, I don't know, stuff that's going on in your head that I can see as, as my years tick by. Um, I'm like, ah, what, what else is there to do? And following in your footsteps, I think, isn't going to be a bad shout at all. So yeah, thanks yeah, for the inspiration. Um, we often ask our guests at the end of a um, podcast recording for um, a word. Uh, um, a dialect word from where mm-hmm. you come from and yeah. Um, yeah wondered if you wanted to contribute to the young hearts run free dialect dictionary yeah oh. it's a very local uh, term it's boozy so it's like which is cuddle so you would say see a boozy from you to some somebody so a boozy who spell boozy i think it's b-o-s-i-e i think i think so yeah, but it's just, uh, it's quite a nice word, boozy. I never, I've never heard that before. Uh, see a boozy, see a boozy. See, see a boozy, yeah. See a boozy, okay. right. Have we got to say that if I go into the house at noon, go and speak to the message? That's it. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want a boozy? <laughs> there you go. Uh, you get an option. Just go and jump on it, dog. But careful, careful. <laughs> aye, aye, let's not go there. I was going to say, here a bozy right. for you. <laughs> I am accepting bozy into the Young Hearts Run Free Dictionary. John, you happy? 100%. I love it. It's one of our, well, it's a cuddle. And <laughs> I'm all over it. I love it. There's something quite it. koofy about it, eh? Aye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, actually, maybe Alan's actually raised the benchmark here. Yeah. So there you go. He has. I think he has. I think you're right. Yeah. So no. Thanks again, Alan. John. I don't know if there's anything that you want to finish up on. No. I. I think I could speak for a long, long time about ultra marathons and that. So uh, we, we use the word crazy and wacky stuff, but I love that stuff that people pushing themselves to the extreme. What I would like to say is, though, I think Alan touched on it. There are no limits. You can just simply keep edging it up and up and up and up and I do a really really happy uh, with what we've covered tonight I'd love Alan to come back if we're do, he's doing that race across Scotland it'd be great to hear how that pans out and any of the other stuff that you're doing yeah. as well but no I found it really and I've you know what I've learned loads tonight as well listen to Alan and the the things that he's experienced so thank you very much for your time thank you Alan Stephen. I just echo all that, Alan. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, good luck for the rest of 2020. We'll be keeping up with you on your um, Strava activities. And yeah, we'll hope to speak to you again soon. Thanks. Okay, great. Thank you very much for asking me on. Thank you. No worries. Bye. Bye.